Hello, everyone. Welcome once again to the Road to Freedom podcast. I'm Patrick. And I'm Matt. And today is the final chapter, although not the final thing that you could say on the uh, non-aggression principle as it relates to uh, foreign policy, uh, the state of military, uh, I don't know, the kind of a general catch-all. Uh, foreign policy is going to be the kind of umbrella, uh, but we can definitely talk about uh, that or foreign aid and uh, the United Nations and a bunch of <laughs> other stuff. So uh, that's what we're going to be talking about today with this. Um, so I think that foreign policy is probably one of the most important things that a libertarian at brings to the table because you have whatever party is in control, you have to be the opposite. So yeah. when when Bush was in office, at, you know, you see rioting in the streets for, um, you know, against the war uh, once it became super unpopular, at least for the left. But then once Obama took office, you have zero. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once Trump's back in office, well, the only time that the press ever says that he does anything presidential is when he's bombing countries illegally. Yeah. So that should tell you that uh, the state with the help of the press, uh, still uh, just gives passes for for illegal foreign wars. And uh, we just tend to continue to really fall in that cycle. I mean, you had, you had Obama, who a New York Times article said, President Obama has secret kill list of American citizens. Yeah. I mean, this is like the... The, the the story that you really <laughs> would would want in any other didn't he, regime. Didn't he drop more bombs than Bush did too and everything too? Yeah, I mean, he, he increased the, the, the drone war, um, which th- the drone war is so chaotic for something so precision-based. Half the time it ends up being, oh, this person's SIM card was tied to this other person's SIM card who was in an area where this other SIM card was at. Mm-hmm. And so we're just going to bomb this group of people. And, you know, there, there's there's when Obama killed, uh, I forget uh, what the name of the family was, but t- uh, two American citizens uh, illegally, no due process, just up oh, there, a threat to the state, kill them. And then Trump followed it up by killing the, the daughter. So we 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 seem to have come at a junction where both the left and the right agree on exactly what to do, and it's the wrong thing. Yeah. So anytime that you see both both par- ma- main parties in America agree on anything, it's probably the wrong thing. <laughs> um, but, I mean, this isn't just a new policy with Trump and Obama and, and, and Bush. Um, they definitely exacerbate it. They have new toys. But this is, has been an issue since Washington with the Whiskey Rebellion, um, using you know uh, state troops to to go in to break up um, a, a, a state issue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have William Randolph Hearst, who you know started Yellow Journalism, who said, you know, you provide me the stories, and I'll I'll provide you the war. I mean, he exacerbated the Spanish-American War to to something that we didn't fight. Yeah. You, know, you had Teddy Roosevelt as, with the Rough Riders who pretty much just slaughtered Cubans <laughs> for no particular reason other than it's a bunch of rich guys who wanted uh, good war stories. Yeah. Um, and, and you have this th- throughout history. I mean, World War I, it's, it's oh, you know, the, the German U-boats sunk the Lusitania. 
um, and it's awful and terrible. But at the same time, they were carting uh, uh, war goods using uh, civilian transport troops. So, I mean, you know, yeah, we're not really in the war, but here's here's something that we really need uh, to get us in the war, and um, uh, we're gonna we're gonna put innocent lives in danger. And uh, it was Lusitania was sailing and. Uh, occupied territory that was that was uh, had been warned about, and they just still gave it a, a pass to go through. Um, so, intervention. Uh, the, America's always attempted to to intervene militarily um, mm-hmm. in 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 its since its early infancy. Uh, it's just now we seem to be the only superpower left, and now we're the policemen of the world. So, I mean, you kind of have a direct experience with that, too. So, yeah. I mean, Afghanistan and Iraq is the longest working war that has happened, yeah. uh, I mean, ever. I mean, think about it. World War II, a, a, a world war, yeah. over and done within four years. But yet, this podunk. Afghanistan yeah, and Iraq. Just Afghanistan, which it's ironic because it's what we trained Osama bin Laden to, to do with al-Qaeda to pull Russia into a war in Afghanistan, mm-hmm. and it's it's uh, it's showing it that, that that you it's just a, a we a trained quagmire. them too well. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, from your perspective, what do you what do you see? Um, kind of the the current climate. Like, is it does it seem to be worth it, or is it what I mean, libertarians especially kind of especially in Afghanistan because uh, I was over there one tour and they. I mean, you're fighting an ideology. It's kind of hard to fight an idea. It's pretty much impossible to fight an ideology because let's say you've got a terrorist out there. You you take one down. I mean, two more are going to pop up. It's just their way of um, of life over there. Like they, I mean, I remember when we were taking like the culture classes. They'll 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 wait generations to get mm. revenge on somebody. So yeah, it's like way different than us. Yeah, they, like they believe in revenge, so they they'll sit there and you'll. I mean, we'll go over there. And they, they 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 probably have people over there still planning revenge on Russians. <laughs> That's probably what it is. Like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, you killed my dad back in Russia, and I'm going to get my revenge on you. Maybe my son will. I don't know. But it's the ideology because it's more of a a, a, re- a religion or a way of like life that we're fighting over there. And I mean, you're not just fighting a certain kind of people. We're not fighting. At least in Iraq, you were fighting at the beginning. At least you were fighting the Iraqi forces. So I mean, you had. You had people in uniform. You could see, like, oh, there's that guy. We're fighting him. He's mm-hmm. a bad guy. But, I mean, you don't even know what the bad guys look like in Afghanistan. Yeah, traditional warfare uh, has kind of gone out the window. Yeah. And, you know, you have military targets setting up in places like orphanages or hospitals and hoping mm-hmm. that, you know, no one will bomb them. And America goes, oh, yeah? You bet we won't? Yeah. Here you go. I mean, Madeleine Albright, for the first Iraq war, uh, was told that you know there's a hundred thousand civilian casualties that went on because of that, and they just asked her, you know, was it worth it? And she's just like, oh well, you know, we we think that uh, the price the price of it was worth it. Mm-hmm. So again, with the non-aggression principle, if you're being aggressed upon, if someone's attacking you, yes, of course, you defend yourself. You you might even um, go in and and take that person out. Mm-hmm. But I mean. The first Iraq war was us telling Saddam Hussein, uh, we don't we don't care what happens to Kuwait. Then he invades uh, Kuwait and does slant drilling. 
And then we come in with the backing of the United Nations, yeah. who is the, the the peaceful organization that has already started, you know, the the uh, the Korean War, which mm-hmm. uh, well, not really a war, police action that uh, that still hasn't ended, uh, yeah. which might still be in sight. Um, you know, uh, the Republic of Congo, it sent UN peacekeeping oh, forces there. I mean, it's it's had <laughs> more extensive uh, occupation of of war in its time than. Uh, than what a, a global peace organization really mm-hmm. should be. Um, so you know, you you we we've we've allowed dictators to rise so that we can have an enemy to fight. And um, once Russia fell in the Soviet Union, and we didn't have the scary bad communism to worry about, the war on terror became that uh, ideology of well, here's here's a, an enemy where. It, you're you're never going to win against it. You're always going to have terror and terrorists. Oh yeah. I mean, violence plus politics is terrorism, um, kind of like racism, you know. <laughs> but uh, but more a strict definition. But uh, we we seem to desire that enemy so that we can grow our spending budgets. And then when last time, uh, last episode, we talked about crony capitalism. I mean, here's your cronies of capitalism is when, um, uh, you know, the Boeing and, and other defense contractors are giving out um, just giant uh, paychecks to politicians for yeah. hopefully supporting war um, stuff. Um, that's That seems like it's a big issue. Everyone's all concerned about, oh, private prisons, private prisons, which aren't really private because they're contracted by the state. Yeah. But here you have uh, um, companies whose line item, you know, budgets are set to millions of dollars to, in in the hopes that the government spends your money to um, to build up a war machine. I mean, it's it's other than Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid, mm. it's it's the biggest thing. We, we spend the the biggest on our military than the next nine countries do. You know, if we're worried about China invading, uh, they're doing it with a tenth of the price that we are. Yeah. But it's because we're having to go out and do all these, you know, uh, be protectors of the nations. Um, we have, you know, military bases all over the world in the understanding that, oh, well, we need them here so that we can have staging points if we ever need to attack, you know, somebody again, Middle East stuff. But, you know, there's Rammstein, Germany, that we have bases. We have Okinawa. We're still occupying. Yeah, I mean. I mean, just in Okinawa, like, all all the branches have their own. I think Coast Guard isn't there, I don't think. But, I mean, they're (laughs) not a real branch anyway. But you're you're offsetting uh, Japanese uh, spending of of military. They don't have to worry about military spending at all. Yeah. Uh, First of all, it's illegal for them still. Yeah, they get a defense force. That's all they're allowed. Yeah. But, um, but you know, there's no, they they're they're protected by Ma United States, mm-hmm. um, so they don't they don't have to worry about too much of anything. Not that they really want want to do anything anymore, um, but I mean, you never know. You could have another invasion of China, which yeah. might, might turn out to be a fun thing. Yeah, good. Um, so yes, when when you're aggressed upon. As a, as a nation, if, let's assume that uh, we're not anarchists, um, even though that'd be wrong. Um, having things like what we think of being aggressed upon, so uh, 9-11 terrorist attacks. Um, mm-hmm. But even then, uh, 
a majority of those terrorists were from Saudi Arabia. Um, When uh, bin Laden uh, made his statements about why the attacks occur, uh, you know, we were told, oh, it's because they hate your freedom and that we're going to fight them over there, so we're going to fight them here. Mm-hmm. And that's just, I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, I mean, yes, there, there are the radicalized people that um, view uh, America as, as the great Satan that needs to, to, to die, but um, Bin Laden's uh, statement was uh, he's attacking us because we have bases in in. Uh, Saudi Arabia and and other uh, other places of of you know Muslim occupation or Muslim territory, um, and so he he was he was very happy when Bush got elected because he needed that cowboy person that would come in and pretty much start stuff, and so yeah. that's why he attacked. Yeah, because there's one thing like with World War II and everything like that, you know, Japan attacks Pearl Harbor and everything like that, so we we aggress back upon them and like, but. It's 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 different in an unconventional warfare because it's, I mean, Bin Laden was behind you know had had a hand in the 9/11 attacks and everything like that. But so I mean, but he didn't have it's not like he owned all of Afghanistan. He didn't he didn't have a gigantic army that we were like getting prepared to fight and everything. So it's yeah. just it's 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 a hard war. Like it's. Um, I mean, it probably could have been done better with like special forces going in there or smaller ones yeah, rather well, than. I mean, the Taliban was invading the was whole. Kind of gave a, a wink and a nod to to Bush to say, "Hey, come in and and go through." But it seemed that we went from Al Qaeda to then the Taliban. But I mean, Bin Laden and his group weren't part of the Taliban mm-hmm. whatsoever. It was just afghanistan was controlled by the taliban who kind of got in our way but not really because they had they they couldn't come right out and say oh yeah for sure land land troops in here and then march across the pakistan border where we pretty much are are pointing you to like a bugs bunny cartoon secret base for for where bin laden was yeah uh no we we needed to ramp this up and then the whole axis of evil where we put iran and north korea on it (laughs) and it's just like i've why are why are we talking about this? Were they part of nine eleven? And then you know, obviously Iraq got put on there too, mm-hmm. and it just it folded over so quickly from from that. Where you even had people who had kind of the inkling, oh well, um, you have um, Saddam Hussein that's that's um, ba- uh, being a, a a backer for uh, these terrorist attacks, yeah. and you know, poor poor Colin Powell had to sit there before the UN and pretty much lie and just no one's been held accountable to that so when we talk about the non-aggression principle and libertarian principles and why foreign policy is kind of the biggest factor it's because you can have the powerful elite sit before an entire uh, world court and present evidence that is false and lies and, and manufactured and you can get into a 16, 18-year war yeah. because of it. So that's where we the definitely should not have been there that long. Yeah, I mean, like after. I mean, first of all, it's hard enough to find one guy <laughs> with so many caves, and and like we said, we find out later he's in Pakistan. Yeah. So he just jumped the border real quick. He could have done that instantly, and we were just in Afghanistan chasing our tails. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. just quite a while. I honestly, I think we should listen to. Uh, What's his name? Eric Prince's new uh, 
thing he wants to do. He was just in an interview not long ago with Stossel, where he's saying he can go in because um, I don't think. Oh, the guy from Blackwater. Yeah, I mm-hmm. don't think he. Uh, I don't think he. I think he sold off Blackwater just because his name. Got <laughs> sullied. Yeah, I think everyone shady did. things. Yeah. Whatever. Um, they were a private military, you know. But uh, um, he's saying you give him. He'll spend like oh man, it's just a fraction of the budget that we're spending over it over there because we still have people going to Afghanistan and everything like that. I've got a buddy that's I'm saying he's over there right now, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but they um, so they're still sending troops over there. Granted, it's not like I mean I think it's just a staying force kind of thing now. But um, Eric Prince is saying you give him like five or six thousand people, let him take those that many people over there. And they'll they'll end. They can end the war over there. I don't know how he's going to end it, but he's saying a smaller force is just easier. He doesn't even need special ops guys. He's but he's saying like the small force, special operations kind of way is the way you're going to end it over there. Not a big, let's land thousands of boots on the ground and just push through cities and everything like that. So yeah, and it would save America a lot of money. So why not <laughs> give it off to the private guy? Let him do it, and then if he messes up, it's his fault. It's not like, oh, look what America did. Like, hey, he said he was going to end it. He said he was going to do it the right way. You know, we put our trust in him, whatever. You know, you yeah. get, you can at least be like, that guy failed. I, I mean, there there seems to be just, you know, when, um, I forget what the Netflix, Netflix movie with um, with Brad Pitt was in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but that type of, yeah, that type of revolving door of, well, you know, one general didn't get it, so the next one comes in. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we've seen that over and over again. But when the breaking news comes in for, uh, you know, the, the um, troop leader for the United States uh, is left, uh, it was, you know, Paris Hilton getting arrested, news coverage, and they were just momentarily breaking in with, um, you know, the, the, the giant leadership change. Mm-hmm. But you just you just see the the documentaries that are coming over there, and you know it's it's all Pashtun you know uh, um, uh, people, and there are different factions that you know one group like you said hated another group for so long yeah. that they're not ever going to work with each other, and then you have the different uh, sects of of Islam who you know you, we tend to put in the minority. <laughs> the minority um class in there and uh, you know it's just not going to work we're just we're just putting in figureheads and telling people uh you know hey uh it's it's time to vote again they're like oh you know did the last guy get killed and they're like no it's it's you know been the the a lot amount of time like well why why are we voting again you didn't die yet yeah so the the whole idea of everyone wants democracy everyone wants you know jefferson type type stuff uh it co- goes against the grain of what you know just human nature is because not everyone wants those things and there's people in afghanistan that like especially the northern tribes like they don't even yeah. they don't even believe in borders like they, they they just go into the areas that their people have been in for generations they don't care that they jump over to the next country over <laughs> they're like no nah, we they don't, don't see, see the dotted line, line yeah the, they don't the see that they, they must have dirt over it <laughs> yeah um, but, you know, and they don't believe in that. You've got, like, the nomadic people over there, too, that they just hop around. Like, I mean, the, the country is so widespread. I mean, yeah, it's smaller than America, but it's so... Uh, diverse. Diverse, yeah. and, and it's you know, pretty densely populated. 
Yeah. Uh, and then you have like your areas where you're like, oh, hey, this is a big population. That's a big population. And then just whole area where there's like hundred people in where, you know, the size of like a quarter of the United States. So, I mean, it's just so hard that if you have, you know, your, your president and your democracy in Kabul to actually be able to not Lord, but to be able to like be in charge of all these people and have them actually care, first of all, <laughs> yeah. um, and actually listen to you. Well, and, and, you know, it's been almost 18 years and, the Taliban now recontrols half the the country, yeah. so it seems like we're doing a great job. Like, yes, like those people, those areas that are so there's just not that many people. It's in the farmland and everything. Like that. It's so easy for them to just come over and, and take control because I mean, you, they've they've got an army and a police force, but I mean, I don't know. They just they just don't. Have, I mean, it's it's gonna be from what I've seen over there. It's pretty hard for a democracy to actually take hold, and maybe I mean maybe they could. A hundred years down the line, get get it together, but it's not coming anytime soon. Yeah, if they want it. Well, I mean, I mean, look at the development from the you know, just American. Uh, the, you know, you have the um, uh, the Enlightenment period, and that kind of informs um, the, the the philosophical background to it. But then you just had you know um, people leave for for religious persecution, and other people come over, and they see. A, a big ocean between them and the the ruling monarch, and they start getting more and more in that mindset of, you know, why why does the person who I can't even see over there controlling anything over here, and then you know attempts to strip the the governor's powers away, um, or um, you know, pretty much just having troops walking into your house and taking whatever they want or whoever they want just just because they they say, you you have. Uh, a uh, a people group who are trying to kind of do away with that more and more, and you just have that ruling class kind of keep poking at it until to a point where you. I mean, you still had some loyalists. I mean, that that was um, it was never a uh, like a, uh, a physical threat, but you still had to worry about uh, people who were over here um, r- r- responding to the British. Um, but you still had a, a full philosophical mindset from the Enlightenment period and from a religious perspective that kind of backed that separation of, of, of the, the state from what we were trying to do and kind of stay out of our business. And we, we ended up, you know, a 3% tax rate in, in tea, coffee, and stamps. And it, it you know, set off the, the powder keg. But, you know, now it's like, uh, how about 50% or 70%? Okay, maybe, maybe, maybe we'll get angry. How do we, how are people even thinking about voting for a guy that wanted to raise taxes that high? Yeah. (laughs) That's that's, that's what baffled me. I cannot believe that. Yeah. It's probably, it's all the young kids that don't know what taxes are yet. Right, which is theft. But uh, so you just have a different cultural mindset. You have a, a, a bigger emphasis on kind of a religious background. And I mean, it's not even, you can't even just call it, well, it's the Muslim experience because of just so the, the difference between all the tribes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's not just, yes, you know, um, uh, 
Islam kind of informs our, our understanding, but then there's a cultural understanding to, you know, here's the, the, the this tribe in the south. It's never going to work with the north or they don't even know about each other. But yet they're all supposed to kind of come around and support this this main leader who, you know, has a representative democracy that may or may not end up getting, you know, uh, uh, walking out on their positions like you see with um, the police force. I mean, you have police, uh, I don't know what they call them, commandants or police chiefs or whoever their station chief is just, you know, "Ah, I'm going away because I I was threatened and uh, attacks on police officers and stuff like that over there. Um, well, yeah, and uh, Afghanistan too. They like the hard part about the whole war and everything over there too, and and even starting a democracy is, is they just uh, they back whoever is best for them at the moment. Like, because I mean, I know a lot of people like to think we were building schools and building wells and everything like that, just for out of the good of our hearts. Yeah, but there was something behind it every time. You know, you because you know you, if you gave. You know, this person a bridge to get across the canal so they had a, a, a less route. Like, then you'd probably get them on your side and they'd give you the information you want on the Taliban or whoever else is in the area. But the Taliban comes in and threatens them and, you know, scares them enough, they'll just jump back over to the Taliban side or offer, or the Taliban offers them money, you know. So, I mean, it, dealing with the people like that too, where they're only going to back the person who benefits them the most at that moment, not mm-hmm. even in the long run, just. Right then, this person is giving me the most. It's benefiting me, you know, so I'll back this person. I mean, and then you try to turn that from, you know, war. Now let's try to start a a, uh, a democracy and, and have this person in power for, you know, four years or five years, whatever they choose over there. And, you know, well, this person might be right now, but I don't like him anymore, so I'm not going to listen to him anymore. We're going to just go back to being our own tribe because... Every town has, like, the, the town elder who's, like, the head honcho of mm-hmm. the little town. And, I mean, you could have a town right here, and you've got, like, a town 200 yards away that has a different town elder. So, I mean, the fact that you have that everywhere, too. It was, like, good luck getting all the town elders and, uh, you know, to agree to everything. And then even have them agree with a giant, you know. They've been doing, they've been doing it that way for so long that, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just... Yeah, well, and when 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 all you have is your family, your crop, or your, your yeah. animals, or um, your small business, depending on you know what region you live in, I mean, you're that that that's your main priority. Yes, it's it's nice to talk about you know Jeffersonian freedom and what does being endowed by your creator with unable rights that those those are those are good things to think about for for our perspective especially now that if we're going to talk about privilege that's the privilege you talk about is we have the ability the freedom to 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 the 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 time and the energy where we're not being constantly bombed or having our family threatened by two warring people groups Mm -hmm. like the united states military who was also our friend before but then allowed the russians to come in but then so these people have, have seen war and so they're they're when you're constantly in that state of agitation, you're of course going to um, go towards um, you know the 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 group that's going to kind of give you the least amount of grief. Yeah. But going back to 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 
you know these these false entanglements that we seem to get. I mean, even even Vietnam too. <laughs> I mean, you have the the um, uh, oh man, I was just looking up the, yesterday the um, now I got to look it up. Uh, what is it? What? The Gulf of Con- Tonkin. That's what it is. Oh, Gulf okay. of Tonkin. Uh, so we we say that we're being attacked by uh, the North Vietnam, uh, and instead we're shelling them. And when they happen to fight back, um, we get angry at them. Uh, but they don't. They're not fighting back in this instance. And all of a sudden now we have a pretext to war. So we we've had that for World War One. Possibly even World War II, depending if you believe some of the kind of conspiracy theories around that Spanish-American War, um, the the uh, Iraq War one was under the assumption like we we, we told some yeah you can do whatever you want and then um, once uh, once he attacked Kuwait then then uh, we could come in and be the big bad protectors mm-hmm. um, and we see that with uh, Iraq and. Um, we're even seeing that with uh, Yemen. I mean, we're 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 backing Yemen, which is Saudi-led, where it's causing a hundred thousand people, including children, to come down with cholera, mm-hmm. and you have the biggest influx of uh, uh, the biggest um, uh, cases of, of cholera coming up, where it's just no access to clean water, and that's just because Saudi Arabia keeps bombing these 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 people and and taking out their their resources just um to to try and quell a rebellion that's been going on for uh three years now yeah so when we when we see this as libertarians using the non-aggression principle as kind of our what what we're looking at none of these people have hurt us they've they've not attacked us they've not threatened us um and we always seem to entangle ourselves like when it comes to iran um, we we end up um, you know uh, taking Israel's side and saying oh don't 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 do that Iran and and kind of poo pooing them but we never say that against Israel when they're you know out of line with with um, the Palestinian people or th- they make a threat against Iran and Iran responds back and we we come back against uh, uh, Ahmadinejad or or the Iranian um, government. And we've been in talks f- for a while with um, North Korea, and it's only now that uh, we might finally get an end to, to the conflict or police action or whatever it was. Yeah. And th- those are the things that we need to entangle ourselves with is um, finding peace and trading through uh, and, and finding, finding commonality through trade and uh, uh, cultural exchanges is if if you look at how kind of the Soviet Union was taken down, the biggest influx of contraband was um, the the blue jeans and rock and roll. So yeah. we we killed them with our trade. We we had a a positive source of culture that they wanted, including also hey we can make jeans really good for for. Um, for the type of capitalistic system we have. And it caused, especially the young people, to start questioning the, the ideas of the state for them, which was you know, the, the Communist Party and whether or not you know, the Communist Party could actually um, 
fulfill the promises that it makes. So much so that even the communists had to go through American catalogs to figure out what prices were because they couldn't obtain what true prices uh, to, to be in competition were uh, on, the, on, the, on the marketplace to, to have uh, some semblance of, of, a, um, of an economy. Because uh, by just solely relying on farmers, you're not, um, you're not able to feed a giant, giant country yeah. uh, with giant land masses and uh, all those political prisoners and and uh, you know you had the 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 um, heads of state uh, seem to uh, uh, kind of mirror that whole um, Orwell Animal Farm. Yes, we're all equal, but some are more equal than others. Yeah. Um, so we've we've seen the state, and it doesn't. It's not just ours. We we can look at uh, Rome. We can look at um, France. We can look at uh, the empire that the of, of England and all these these places fall because they're overstretched. They mm -hmm. take on too much territory. They take on too much debt. The the <coughs> the alliances that they entangle with themselves eventually break down. Um, I mean, if if you even go back to to um, to Hannibal uh, attacking Rome, um, that was you know Carthage attacking Rome for something that they extended out to Africa with, which isn't too far away if you if you look at it. But yeah. I mean, it's still it's you know it's not Italy. Yeah, and <laughs> crosses the Alps with with um, troops, including elephants, and continually holds off the greatest military. Uh, in existence at the time, so much so that they're pretty much the controllers of the world, and Car Carthage calls Hannibal back to to um, their home country to poo poo him because he hasn't done more than just hold off the entire yeah. Roman army. Um, but I mean that's just a, a funny point in history. But you had Rome fall because of outstanding debt, a uh, military state, and this attempt to to hold different people groups together under a, a powerful fist and that seems to be what's occurring today so much so that it's a large portion of our national budget and um it, it it's causing the deaths of of people who have no clue who we are have no clue who we've entangled with or have any uh who, who haven't done anything to you or me at all they're just part of a people group who lie inside this country that we've drawn lines around and um we tend to um we tend to bomb the crap out of them and kill them yeah, like we have so many of our own military bases in all these other countries which is is because if you think about it i mean if this is a country that we are true allies with you know and you want that that area where you can go in case you know we start a war with this area of the country. Now we can start a base out of this one. Like, why wouldn't we just, you know, just see like, hey, you know, just pick a country that we're partners with. Can we can we take up this little part of your existing military base and like have it be American? We'll have, we can rotate people in and out of there just so it's always manned, so it doesn't get dilapidated and all that kind of stuff. But, but you have you know a little bit of people on this larger foreign base where we kind of do our own thing. And we can have that staying power there. Rather, what we're doing now is we just take over an area. I mean, we obviously have to let – they still agree to it that we take over some of their land. But, like, I mean, the craziest part I thought was, like, um, for Okinawa is, like, I mean, just the Marines. We had 
three or four, like three bases there. I mean, we were on a smaller one, Camp Schwab over by the ocean. Um, and then, I mean, there was Camp Hanson and another one. Like, I mean, you got these, they call them camps, but they're bases. Mm-hmm. And they're all like on just, just one island. The Marines, let alone, just had a few of their own where it's like, I mean, if we wanted, we could ha- we could run with one on Okinawa if, if Okinawa was still cool with it. And Japan's like, yeah, you can have that. And um, I don't know. It's just crazy to me on how many military bases we have. Or how about Gitmo? I mean, we we yeah, we have we a Cuban even, missile crisis. We weren't even trading with that. Like we're right what, there. Wasn't even in Cuba. <laughs> yeah, Cuba's a short boat ride away. Yeah, and we literally have this little section of Cuba, and it wasn't until not like just recently that we could actually travel there. Mm-hmm. Like that would have sucked to have been stationed in Gitmo. Like you. You get, you just have to, you literally have to stay on base. You yeah. weren't allowed to yeah. go to Cuba. I don't even know if they're still allowed to go to Cuba right now, but you know, it's that, that would have sucked. Yeah. Well, and you know, we have all these plans from the CIA to, to try and kill Castro, but there was no plans to like, just try and try and Westernize influence them. You know, try, you know, uh, they took over the sugar plantations and, um, uh, in in the in the 60s, you had kind of like that that stall. And if you look at their cars or their buildings, they they never progressed. Oh no! And and they boast the they bo- had boasted this um this uh, literacy rate that was you know unheard of. But I mean, if you're if you're in communist Cuba, what are you reading? That's yeah. It, that, uh, yeah. Oh, great. Uh, you know, eighty eighty five percent of your of your people can can read. But what the 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 Communist Manifesto? How many times yeah. can you read that? I mean, the, the, you you can't really pull out uh, of Cuba and say, here here's something that Cuba helped develop, or um, here here's a, a, a literature or or um, some big technology burst that that a Cuban person did. It's because they were they were stalled in in having the state be their protector, and so what would have happened if instead of blocking it off and having these these the trade cut down, why don't we just be friends with them and say, hey, listen, we understand that Russia you know gave you nukes and that's really uh, bad for us. Here, let's become a good trading partner because you know who you don't attack, trading partners, people yeah. who are giving you. Uh, coconuts in the middle of you know uh, uh, November in, yeah. in um, mm-hmm. America, and you're giving them you know uh, hospital aid and 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 other types of advancements. Yeah. Where, I mean, if you just look at the different nations and you say, from the 20s to the 60s to the 80s to the 2000s, how how come it seems like big Westernized countries tend to be the most progressive as far as it comes to um, technology or advancements or just I mean take art I mean it, granted art kind of got muddled up with um, the whole modernist perspective yeah where they just flick a brush <laughs> and all of a sudden <laughs> yeah. like, someone takes a crap on yeah. a plate and like hey it's now worth a hundred thousand dollars it's art but if someone's willing to pay a hundred thousand dollars that's they're that's crazy exactly what it's but, but I mean just look at movies I mean uh, I was having a conversation with uh, someone that we work with, and I said the the weirdest uh, ex- expression to me was was um, Sergio Leone's Man with No Name Spaghetti Westerns. You have uh, three different kind of uh, uh, 
communities that exist on that on that one uh, movie set. So you have the man with no name that's supposed to take place in either like uh, Mexico or Texas or Wyoming or you know it, it's supposed to be you know the Wild West. Mm-hmm. So it's an it's desired to be an American made uh, American film made in Italy. That's where the spaghetti comes from, and the the visual styles are um, Kurosawa uh, from Japan's uh, visual style. So you have the West, the the middle of the the world, and then the East influence. Yeah, some of the greatest Western movies of all time. I mean, Man with No Name series is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have cultures that are able to kind of exist and and feed off of each other and and learn from each other and improve upon each other um and we we when it comes to 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 nations who are enemies uh, or who we have bad feelings towards it's oh no we need to blockade them and and starve starve them out and starve their their (coughs) their people and then the people who are in control will look at their people and go oh we don't want our people to to starve to death so we'll acquiesce to whatever you have i mean has that ever happened i mean if if anything cuba should have been the one that we could have really starved out of, of yeah. all the stuff and you know Castro regime's small, still going strong we could have just put all of our ships just around them and like eh, yeah. you guys get this long to survive <laughs> but instead kennedy uh the kennedy brothers uh sit down with with russia and and reach an agreement where they pull out uh, missiles that are sitting on Russians' borders and um, could be attack operational, and they remove uh, at least maybe not the nuclear uh, stuff, but the nuclear launch capabilities. Mm. So there you have talking and trade and things that should have happened, and it seems like the the military wing, especially during Kennedy's era, um, wanted just war and war and war. And yeah. you saw that with, with Vietnam as well. Well, yeah, and, like, the whole trying to westernize it kind of thing, too, and doing by trade. Like, you, I mean, you've got people, you got people that in South Korea that are able to, like, sneak people in North Korea, mm. just videos of, like, what South Korean life is like, oh, even. Or, or, um, or cheesy uh, soap operas. Yes, yeah, like yeah. cheesy soap operas, South yeah. Korean soap operas and stuff like that. And that gets these people so like excited about an opportunity to live in that kind of place where they're willing to like cross mine fields to get into South Korea. So like, I mean, I, I know it's gotta be pretty tough with Kim Jong-un and in power, but you just like try to open trade up, try to get more Westernized things. I mean, it, he's, he's such a dictator that likes such a closed off area that it's going to be tough, yeah. but you're, I mean, you can see it right now where Trump's actually, it seems like, is slowly being able to, like, kind of poke into that. And, um, and I mean, if we could just open trade at least a tiny bit with them, it's like we could we could get their people to just kind of open their eyes, too, and be like, wait, the world's not like this. Or how about that the person that probably did the most for international relations between North Korea and America is Dennis Rodman. Yeah. You know, Have you seen that documentary? Yeah, with Vice News back in the day when Vice yeah. News used to be, you know, not awful. Yeah. And and um, tell us that white people were ruining everything. But yeah, I mean, you you have th- there there you go. There's there's how you get it in more Dennis Rodman's. Yeah, more, more Dennis Rodman. You know, there there was the um, rumor that um, uh, the the largest movie collection in the entire world, especially of western movies, was um, Kim Kim Jong Il. And 
great. Use that. Mm-hmm. Talk, talk about filming movies. Let, let's 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 open it up. Yeah. You know, get somebody like Dennis Rodman to go over there and like befriend them. Yeah. And like, because I mean, they were able to bring other pros like that. Because Dennis mm-hmm. Rodman did a little basketball tour. They brought other pros where they actually came in. We weren't allowed to see. I don't, did they show the actual basketball game? They showed some of it. Yeah. Some of it. But like you know, you were able to get Western people in there, and all the, like. Granted, I, I, what I heard is these everyone in attendance was like hand picked kind of thing, but still, all these people are seeing you know basketball. So it starts with basketball, and then you take another step and another step and another step, and now, I mean, you've either got a dictator losing power, or you've got at least their people revolting. I don't know. Well, and who uh, knows where it goes <laughs> from there? But I mean, just think if if all you've all you've known in your entire life is America bad, and um, you're not old enough for the Korean War, and you see for the first time ever a, a, a giant black person yeah. that you probably never knew ever existed, mm-hmm. and you're seeing him do odd things with yeah. a basketball. I mean, maybe, maybe that's the thing that turns it, or it's just conversations that you have that opens it up yeah. where you don't have to be distrusting anymore. And America and, and Korea have a lot to distrust themselves with. Um, and 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 we just we we saw that with with the Soviet Union. You know, they 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 tried to show um, their people um, uh, say it's of mice and men or right. I think of mice and men yeah. uh, to show what extreme poverty in America looked like, and it backfired on them because it showed even the poorest person with a car. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when when Boris Yeltsin comes over and visits a grocery store, and he goes back home and sees, you know, a grocery store that has nothing but Soviet allowed products, but then he comes over here and he sees just the wealth. Like, if you ever go into grocery store, I I, I sometimes do have religious experiences in grocery stores where I'm like, I can get an avocado any time that I want. Yeah because of the trade that's occurred here and i can get it not for eighty thousand dollars but for like a buck yeah and you can go down the international aisle in meyer and you can get dutch cookies you can get japanese noodles you can get all this other stuff year round across two aisles yeah like i just maybe if we reach across aisles yeah (laughs) republicans and democratic (laughs) so those are the type of things that we can foster and encourage and and there are communities out there there are there are um like with north korea there are groups out there who are designed to sneak in flash drives um to 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 show um just just you know random cheesy soap operas and i think a lot of people people in power hate that because it's not a oh i read the works of shakespeare and i got enlightened off of it no yeah. i i saw a makeup uh, uh, lipstick on on this extra in the background here, and I like her dress. Yeah. So I'm gonna flee the country that um, yeah. that has starved out my my uh, grandparents in a in a great purge because uh, they hate um, the farming community. Uh, or they see the pizza in the background. They're yeah. Like, oh, I want a pizza. Where do you get pizza at? South Korea. I mean, it's it. I've seen documentaries. And it's so sad to see North Korean children come over to be. Uh, to, to South Korea and you watch them play soccer with the kids and you're like oh they, they got like older kids to mentor them 
Nope, they're the same exact age. They're just so much shorter. Yeah, they're malnourished. malnourished. I mean, you 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 saw that with um, communism in in Russia. You saw it um, in the '60s uh, with with China, and now China. I mean, look, they're a world world player, and how are they a world player? Economically, and they have to be capitalist in that regard. They have to allow Number private one property. export smog. <laughs> yeah literally an export um so i mean you know that those are the things that we should encourage and foster if we want to affect change on on that scale is a friend trade mm-hmm. um we just don't need and to make don't alliances have embargoes and tariffs just wide open free trade yeah and maybe our enemies they're the ones that we charge less on yeah because it's like hey we want to foster this relationship with you as you would any any market or it could be like hey look we have this wide open free trade with england and you know north korea you were once an enemy but guess what you get wide open free trade too we aren't going to charge you to bring any of our items in you don't charge us to bring any of your items into us like i i still don't understand why we 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 charge those yeah i mean just with north korea the way you charge those is you just say hey it's going to cost us this much to ship it over to you so we can't sell it to you at cost, obviously. Well, and, and who's it's doing just that, like, though? It's just like when we buy companies. anything at, yeah. like, Meyer, for example, because we brought them up earlier. I'm not expecting to go there. I mean, I can go there and buy eggs, a whole dozen eggs for, like, a dollar fifty, <laughs> But I'm not expecting them to sell it at cost. Like, they're, they obviously got to make something. So maybe the, the eggs cost them, like, 75 cents. And they're like, well, we need to make some money for trucking it packaging all this other stuff there dollar fifty like that's how we right well and also make the money a- off of trade applying government regulations to it yeah so government so it's 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 person it's the let's say it's the north korean farmer who's got the chicken who kills it wants to sell it to me it's got to go through like i said the shipping the mm-hmm. the trucking the the store everyone gets their piece obviously but then in the mix of there is also the state which comes in and says, oh, by allowing this onto our land, you, uh, North Korean farmer, have to pay me uh, this this fee, and we just have to allow that. Yeah. And it just, why does the state have to be involved like, in that at all? why do we pay a sales tax? Um, what because is the point because of that? Uh, uh, Michigan roads are the best and amazing, <laughs> and yeah. so we, we need to make That's, sure. I mean, if you had a sales tax where they said, hey, we're keeping our 6% sales tax, but that entire 6% of everything spent is going into the roads. We would probably have good roads, but that's the problem with the government. They say they'll put it somewhere, and they put, like, maybe a fraction of it. And then they're like, well, what's where did you put the other thing? And it's kind of classified. Yeah. We, we can't tell you about that. We borrowed against it, and so we had yeah. to pay off. Like, I think people would be all right with paying a 6% sales tax if they knew every bit of that was going towards the Michigan roads because they suck. <laughs> But uh, stupid sales tax. Well, anything else for foreign policy? Yeah, if we brought every, all of our military bases away from, from you know, um, brought them all back to America, could you imagine how strong our borders would be? <laughs> there you go. Or how just that's, strong that's how America would be. Because could you imagine that? I mean, we've got this wide out. That's the whole thing with overspread, like Rome and all that stuff. Is We've got literally bases all over the world if we just brought all of them back in and we just have this gigantic superpower of the united states that like 
yeah, we wouldn't have those people over there, you know, ju- the, as the just in case. But like I said, I mean, if we have enough, if we are able to get enough allies, I'm sure if we had another war pop off and, and we didn't have any bases anymore in, you know, Italy and all of a sudden a war popped off and Italy was a good spot to be in, we could probably like, hey, guys, you know, we got good trade, good relations. Do you mind if we if we just crash at your base for a little while. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they wouldn't care. And now and now but in the meantime, anybody tries to attack us, I mean you've got the entire all four branches of the military. because uh, Coast Guard doesn't count. <laughs> um that's what the Navy's for. Well according to the Pentagon. Yeah. They got it wrong. It's the government. Oh, they get okay. it wrong. It's just a square. But uh yeah. But they uh and we have all those branches just based out in different areas in america anybody tries to attack us i mean it's done yeah well easy i mean that says a lot too because america has uh, uh, after you know uh the war of 1812 we've never been attacked on our homeland so world war one uh zero reconstruction we had to do world war two zero where we were we had doctrines that were in place for how to loan money out Mm-hmm. And that's how we we got countries to agree to like the 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 dollar um, standard for oil and and uh, Monroe doctrines and all all this stuff. Um, we we've we've kind of been uh, able to become the policemen of the world because we've never had to entangle ourselves in these things. Where I mean, even Russia had to build up after World War II because yeah. they lost you know hundreds and hundreds of thousands of Britain. people. Yeah, I mean, demolish. Yeah, I mean, just just the the Germany. D- destruction, and and you have you have bad bad actors in that. I mean, the Treaty of Versailles is really what led to World War II. It allowed Hitler to take power because of the 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 slight that it had on Germany, and and forced it to become a. Um, a, a big economic uh, uh, hanger on onto mm-hmm. them. We never really existed with that because we won those wars and we didn't have to rebuild anything. We always had to ramp up to war production because yeah. so many people wanted to ramp it down. Um, and how many of those resources could could have gone to things like? Supposedly, we care about our children. So, you know, why why is it not going to education or technology or because um, the government gets you. education right every time? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they've already gotten it right. I think so we talked Lockheed about Martin <laughs> needs needs our our money more than uh, more than schools do. So yeah. Uh, so what can we do locally? Uh, we can speak out against uh, illegal wars. We can support uh, people who. Um, are trying to remove war powers. Uh, Thomas Massey, uh, Justin Amash are, are currently, as of as of this taping, is are trying to remove uh, the presidential war powers, uh, which you know the war the act of declaring war should reside in in uh, Congress, um, and we just need to encourage trade and relations we 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 don't see that here in the states you don't mm-hmm. see california attacking um <laughs> new mexico because uh, new mexico luck, is, is they yeah. got no guns <laughs> yeah with pointy sticks yeah new uh, mexico's got a ton of guns I yeah bet. but y- y- why don't we see 
the states attacking each other, which uh, happened in the in the early early days. Because we have uh, open free trade. Yeah, I mean, even Michigan attacked Ohio literally. Because Ohio sucks, <laughs> and Ohio State just lost. So, so there you go. Atta- attack them with football over yeah. over using weapons. Well, yeah, it's because they lost to Purdue. Because we we understand that. Uh, California doesn't have a vested interest in attacking New Mexico with violence because you're not going to get anything f- yeah. from it. You're, you're going to get a, a subjected people who hate you and are going to fight against you, especially especially our... our yeah, if you uh, try to fight against Michigan, you're going to lose out on cherries. <laughs> yeah, cherries and so. uh, copper. We uh, That might not be produced here we, as much anymore. We should start, uh, should start selling some of the Great Lakes to... to um, to California when they're in a drought for a super inflated <laughs> price. Yeah. Well, I mean, supply and demand. So there you yeah. go. Oh, you guys need water? We got five <laughs> lakes full. <laughs> Superior is so deep, supposedly. I still don't believe this one. But I've I read, again, it was online, so what can you really trust? But it says Lake Superior is so deep. It has so much water. You could cover North and South America in like... I don't know, like six inches of water or something like that. Hmm. So you're saying it's by far the superior of the of superior the lake. That's Maybe that's why they named it that way. Yeah. They're like, man, this thing right here could cover North America, South America in a little bit of in a puddle. So it's going to be the superior lake. There you go. Um. So yeah, uh, that, that's it for uh, foreign policy and our series on the non-aggression principle. Um, man, time's over. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, next episode or two, we're going to be looking at uh, possible argumentation against the non-aggression principle. Mm. And after that, I have no clue what we're doing, but we'll figure something yeah. out. We'll get like a dartboard, put things up there, and yeah. just throw something and at We'll it. blame everything on the state, because that's just, it's, it's probably yeah. true. And the government, just, <laughs> the federal government is the worst. All right. Well, uh, as always, uh, live radically and live free. And privatize it. And open free trade.